Welcome to Grassroot Diplomat Talks, the podcast series produced by Grassroot Diplomat where diplomacy starts with you. I'm Tarleen Raman Figueroa, CEO of Grassroot Diplomat, and I'll be your host. Have you ever wondered what happens when a country disappears? When someone who is knee-deep in the world of diplomacy, particularly in times of peace, it's actually been a question in my mind, and I want to thank our researcher, Elisabetta Goy, for putting together this research so that we can actually get to the bottom of this. So, throughout history, the birth and death of states have been a disruptive process, not only in terms of sovereignty, ruling and governance, but also in terms of nationality and the very identity of the people who suddenly become stateless. I previously did a podcast about passport privilege, where we first started to talk about how people become stateless, and sadly, this is something that still continues in today's modern age. The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees defines a stateless person as someone who doesn't have nationality of any country. Some are born stateless because of gaps in nationality laws. Others become stateless as new nations emerge or borders change. And some have their nationality revoked. It can mean living life in perpetual limbo where they're constantly living in the shadows and sought out by immigration officials or security forces with threats of removal or forced detention. Now imagine constantly watching over your back with fear of being sent to a place you no longer belong because your birthplace no longer exists. That's a terrifying prospect and a reality for millions of stateless people who have no nationality or even a country to identify with. Naturally, statelessness has dire consequences for affected groups and individuals because being stateless often limits access to birth registration, identity documentation, education, healthcare, property ownership, legal employment, political participation, and more importantly, the freedom of movement. That is a lot of human rights that is being denied because you have no place of identity. And denial of these rights affects not only the individuals concerned, but also their families and society as a whole, specifically because excluding an entire sector of the population may significantly harm any efforts to promote economic and social development it creates social tension, and it fuels conflict. Statelessness may also lead to displacement, including forced displacement, resulting from discrimination or withdrawal of nationality. Unfortunately, the fate of people depends on whether its interest, background, ethnicity, and race align with a newly formed state. And sadly, many minorities across the world have been conveniently forgotten when new borders are drawn up. Now, this was certainly the case for Czechoslovakia when this Eastern European country split up in 1993 to form Czech Republic and Slovakia. Thankfully, the split was peaceful and even got the unofficial name of the Velvet Divorce given to it because of how peaceful it was. Over the course of the state's existence, the Czech and Slovak populations in Czechoslovakia actually drifted apart and when the rule of commission was over, they found many issues dividing the Czechs and the Slovaks. There were arguments over the varying sizes and growth rates of the twin economies and the power each side had. In addition to this, Czechs and Slovaks belonged to different ethnicities to the point where nationals of the former Czechoslovak Socialist Republic never regarded themselves as Czechoslovaks. They were always either Czechs or Slovaks. Now the problem with this state divorce wasn't really between the Czechs and the Slovaks because they already had these pre-established national identities. The split didn't hurt them as much as it did to the large number of Roma people living in the former Czechoslovakia. I mentioned the Roma people in my previous podcast too. 
But sadly, the Roma people are a largely unwanted group of people and are subjected to various forms of discrimination. With the breakup of former Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic used a citizenship law which made tens of thousands of Romas stateless. The intention was that they should move to Slovakia, but Slovakia continued to practice forced sterilization of Romani women and school segregation of their children, so the new borders only further disenfranchised this disadvantaged minority group who remained unwelcomed within the new states. Now speaking of Eastern Europe, the infamous collapse of the Social Federal Republic of Yugoslavia didn't unfold as smoothly either. The violent ethnic-based Yugoslav wars that unraveled in the 1990s hit the region in an unprecedented way, and the bloodshed ended with the creation of seven independent countries born out of this painful death of former Yugoslavia. The new states became known today as Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Serbia, Montenegro, Kosovo, and Macedonia. The tectonic changes in the political landscape of this geographical region brought about viral national revivals, the recreation of borders, and the redefinition of citizenry in the new states. The key objective of these citizenry policies was to reinforce the sense of ownership of the state by the major ethnic communities. Examples of ethnic engineering occurred commonly among the post-Yugoslav states. Perhaps the most commonly cited case is of Slovenia, where a group of people who are ethnically non-Slovens remained without legal status after the country became independent in 1991. After Slovenia's independence, during the chaos of a hectic new country being born, thousands of people either didn't apply for citizenship or were rejected when they tried. Then, on February 26, 1992, those without a status were deleted from the Register of Permanent Residents, the erased, as they were eventually became to known, amounted to about 1% of the country's population. This meant being deprived of the right to legally work, to travel, to have a bank account, to vote and to be elected, and to receive pension that they had earned for decades in Slovenia, which is a terrible punishment for the people. While a handful of the erased have managed to acquire Slovenian citizenship, many more left Slovenia with their official identity still in limbo, and a significant number of people continue to reside in Slovenia without citizen rights, even though the European Court of Human Rights in 2010 urged Slovenia to give permanent residence to the erased people. So many other pages of history have resulted in statelessness for citizens of former countries. The mayhem following the dissolution of the USSR is another prime example. Soviet nationality ceasing to exist is one of the events in recent histories that resulted in mass statelessness. In Ukraine, Around 35,000 people were less stateless or at least at risk of being stateless. And almost double this number were less stateless or at risk of statelessness in Russia. Today, data from the UNHCR shows that there were 113,474 stateless persons in 2014, 82,148 people in 2017 and 75,679 as of early 2019. Interestingly, amongst the reasons why former Soviet citizens failed to meet deadlines to obtain new identification documents for themselves was also a certain lack of desire to exchange a passport for ideological reasons. In many ways, statelessness is a taboo subject that governments don't want to discuss because in most instances, discriminatory or intolerant practices by governments themselves are the reasons for people being stateless in the first place. 
1954, the UN Convention relating to the status of stateless persons and the 1961 UN Convention on the Reduction of Statelessness are the two primary international treaties related to the issues of statelessness. Both conventions have seen an increase in the number of countries becoming party to them, but as stateless people continue to suffer around the world, state sovereignty, political agendas, national interests or the lack of political will remain the primary obstacles to these solutions. On the Grassroot Diplomat Online Academy, we have left you with a really big list of other countries that dissolved in our history. It is such a fascinating list and I recommend you take a look if you are a member of the Grassroot Diplomat Online Academy. The good news is that we are witnessing a renewed interest among the diplomatic community regarding the fate of stateless people. Perhaps thanks to the high-profile case of displacement and violence towards a Muslim Rohingya in Myanmar, with staggering numbers of people fleeing to neighbouring Bangladesh due to the fear of ethnic cleansing. So I highly recommend that you take a further look into this. I wish I could talk more about this subject, but this is such a big piece of history that we really need to dive a little bit deeper into. You have been listening to Grassroot Diplomat Talks. Join us again next month to discuss the practices of diplomacy, and I hope you will consider joining our organisation. Add your comments to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash grassroot diplomat as well as Twitter and Instagram. Our social media handle is at grdiplomat. For further information, please visit www.grassrootdiplomat.org. I am Talim and we look forward to hearing from you.